My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his fingers into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He's done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Fake it till you make it. How often have you heard that phrase, been given that advice? You're getting ready for an interview for a job that you really want, you really need. Your team is going up against the undefeated champions. You're auditioning for that role and there's a list of people you're convinced sound, look, are better than you are. And then a friend or a relative or an advisor comes along and tries to bolster your confidence and offers those words of advice, wanting you not to give in to self-doubt as you interview for that job, challenging you not to be intimidated by that seemingly impossible-to-defeat opponent, encouraging you to ignore everyone else and perform like you were made for that role. Fake it till you make it. It's been used so much, it's become an accepted cliche. It's an outgrowth of the power of positive thinking. And it sounds harmless enough, and no doubt people mean well when they do say it. They're trying to encourage people to move past their fears, to not let their inhibitions block them from pursuing something that they want to succeed or want to experience. And proponents will argue that individuals are simply motivating themselves and tricking their brain to see something in a different way. But there's an obvious difficulty that with repeating this phrase so much, we've kind of numbed ourselves to ignore. It's all built on something that's fake. It's a good thing for people to try to move past their fears and their doubts. important for us to recognize that feelings, while they're important and they give us information that we need to acknowledge and pay attention to, they don't always tell the full story. But the whole notion of fake it till you make it tries to accomplish all those things based on a lie. It comes from a place that believes in 
nothing other than the self being at the center of everything. In that view, I only need to conquer myself by myself. I become the master of my own destiny. In our scriptures today, we encounter people who are facing incredible odds, dealing with seemingly impossible to overcome disabilities, have been beaten down, and in the sense have simply acknowledged their brokenness as just the way things are, just the way they're going to be. The prophet Isaiah in the first reading was speaking to people whose lives were in total upheaval. Their homeland had been conquered, they had been exiled, they as a nation were completely crushed. And to add insult to injury, they knew that they had themselves to blame for this. It had been their unfaithfulness to God, it had been their turning away from Him and towards idols that had caused all of this mess. The God who had created them and guided and protected them The God who had given them their identity, calling them his chosen people. They had turned away from all that and turned away from him. Desiring instead to be like everyone else. Wanting to be like the rest of the world and the other kingdoms who had their human kings. Not really thinking it through that they never had to fake it till they made it. With the Lord God, they had everything they ever wanted or needed. And it's in that place of abject failure and defeat that God sends his prophet Isaiah and says, to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Why? Not because of anything they can do, but because of what he can do. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Their confidence wasn't going to come from wishful thinking. Their hope wasn't going to come from trying to convince themselves that everything would simply get better. All that could only come from the Lord God. It came from the fact that he had created them, that he had loved them, and that he hadn't abandoned them, even though they had abandoned him. And that in the midst of this lowly place that they find themselves in, He's going to use this as an opportunity to show up and show out and demonstrate once again who he is. He's going to recreate all that's broken. He's going to make the impossible possible. He's going to overwhelm them with his power and his goodness. That's why he gives Isaiah these examples to share with them. The eyes of the blind would be opened. The ears of the deaf would be cleared. The lame would leap. The mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert. Burning sands would become pools. Thirsty grounds would be springs of water. The prophets using this imagery intentionally to get their hopes up, to imagine all this is possible. But it's clear this is not possible on their own. That's what got them in the mess in the first place. What's key is that their hope is going to be realized in it being tied to their faith in the Lord God. The gospel for today takes this truth of who God is to an even more amazing level. God's not just interested in humanity on this 
collective level where he looks at a nation and cares for all of them and calls out to this large, faceless, nameless multitude of people. The somewhat jaw-dropping revelation is that God cares with that same intensity about each and every single one of us. In Jesus, we come to see and know God wants all that's dried up to gush living water, all that's blind and deaf to be opened, all that's been silenced to sing. Jesus, in this gospel, is going out of his way to this district, to Gentiles, to non-Jews. And that immediately confused his friends and his foes who were constantly trying to fit him in to their preconceived notions of God from the Hebrew Scriptures. They're imagining God's promises to his people and are looking for them to be fulfilled, but missing that God had never meant the Jews to be his chosen people as a slight to the rest of the world that he had created. The Jews were meant to be a sign to the rest of the world so that they could come and know and love and follow God. After centuries of them missing that central point, God himself will take matters into his own hands, becoming one of us and one with us in Jesus. So Jesus goes to this district, to this Gentile land, to these non-Jews, And there he encounters this poor deaf man, unable to speak. Think about how attentive he is. Jesus has demonstrated through the Gospels the ability to perform miracles in any variety of ways. He doesn't even need to be physically present in order to heal people who are sick and near death. But in this instance, though, knowing the man can't hear anything that's being said about him. He can't even ask for help himself. Jesus takes him aside alone. He takes him away from the crowds that looked at him with pity or with contempt or with judgment. And he gently communicates through his gentle touch the love and the mercy and the wonder of God. All that's captured in that word, ephethatha, be opened. This one man's life, his existence, his identity are instantly changed in this one encounter. To paraphrase a line from my favorite show based on the life of Christ, the chosen, this man was one way, and now is completely different, and the thing that happened in between was Jesus. The problem today and the problem with us is that we too easily forget these truths. We too quickly dismiss them as not applying to us, to our day and age. To simply follow the lies of a world that believes in nothing and no one. The God who sent his prophet Isaiah, the God incarnate Jesus, who came to the Decapolis looking for this one particular man who was in suffering and need, comes here, comes now, comes looking for you. He comes to heal the deafness of a world that can't hear his life-giving words, that wants to pour out his healing and his love and his mercy on us. He comes to work wonders with us and through us, which he will accomplish when we trust in his goodness, when we listen 
for His voice when we ask for His direction. Believing that the one who makes the deaf hear and the mute speak still does and does the same for us. No, we're not people who are supposed to fake it till we make it. We are God's sons and daughters. We have already made it because of who God is and what he says about us.